This is a great day. You're alive. Made it to church. Amen. God is good. Amen. It's pretty weak. Uh, <laughs> the joy of the Lord is our strength. Um, one announcement, a couple announcements. We have the Red Cross. Uh, we have our third blood driver. We on Angie? Is it the third one? This one uh, here at the church. And I think that fills up and it's probably already full. But we need help after the service to move chairs. And so they move everything over here, correct? Okay. Angie will be here for you. And then Danny needs one more volunteer. So right there. There she is. That beautiful wave. She needs another volunteer for the Red Cross for that. So you see Danny. And, and it's a great time because people from all over the community come and, and they give blood. And it's just, uh, yeah, wonderful. Get stuck with the needle, size of a cannon. <clears throat> I'm a two-gallon donor, so I'm over two gallons. So I have very rare blood. You know, as Italian, my blood's very... No, it is, really. Be negative. That's pretty, pretty rare. How many want to hear a joke and get off of me? <laughs> so uh, after having children, Adam and Eve started getting a lot of questions from their kids about why they no longer lived in Eden. And Adam had a simple answer for this. He said, your mother ate us out of house and home. All right, one more, one more. Just hang with me, all right? I heard about this old uh, country farmer, and he's taking his nephew camping for the first time. His nephew had five degrees. He's one of the smartest men alive. They set up their tent and quickly fell asleep. And in the middle of the night, the farmer woke up his nephew and said, look up, look up, what do you see? And the nephew said, I see millions of stars. The farmer said, I know. But what does that tell you? He said, Astronomically, it tells me there are billions of galaxies. From a weather standpoint, it tells me that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a beautiful day tomorrow. Theologically, it tells me God is a great creator. What does it tell you? The farmer shook his head and said, it tells me somebody stole our tent. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> Amen. Well, turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to continue in our series there's a lot happening this week. Uh, I signed a loan for the church this week. There's the closing. Uh, we'll be out at the land on Wednesday night, the trustees, and, and uh, doing a, just, uh, just being out there for a little bit, and then uh, coming back here and planning for our Legacy Sunday, and just encourage you as momentum is increasing for that to come out next Sunday for that. Amen? Let's take a moment and pray. Father, I humble myself before you. And Lord, I recognize my dependence and need upon you. Lord, and as I draw near to you here this morning, Lord, we all are asking, Father, asking for your presence to increase in our midst. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. And Lord, we just come against, once again, all the lies of the enemy that he throws at us. And Lord, we just put on that helmet of salvation today in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen. We welcome all of you tuned in to Facebook and pray God's blessing uh, wherever you may be tuning in. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, we love you. God bless you. So I'm just continuing my series here, and we'll have a break for a little bit in the next few weeks, but we're going to continue on. We're kind of winding down, and I believe this is the 15th week in our series. I want to talk to you about the helmet of salvation, and the Scripture says that we are to, in Ephesians 6, 17, take the helmet of salvation. Somebody, somebody shout, take. Once again, it's a choice. Salvation is a choice. I don't believe that, as the Scripture teaches, uh, 
uh, uh, that, that, that God's desire and heart is that all men might be saved. Amen? But some don't believe that. They believe like, well, there's a certain amount of you, you're doomed to hell, no matter what you do. Then there's another amount that, you know what, you're in because God chose you and just lean in. And, and, and that to me is crazy. <laughs> I believe God in his word, he desires, as it says, all men and women come to salvation. That's his heart, but not all do. So there's a choice. How many with me say amen? So uh, a couple of the translations say, put on salvation as your helmet, accept salvation as a helmet, receive the helmet of salvation. 1 Timothy 2.4, once again, God desires, he wants all men and women to be saved, to receive eternal life, to come to the knowledge and the recognition of that divine truth, that blessed assurance, eternal life. So last week, quickly, we talked about our shield of faith. We talked about that there was a daily schedule that the Roman soldiers had to go through of oil and water, and that is able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. But let me just, as we start off right here, there's a perfect balance in the armor. There's a balance in the army. I say, well, what do you mean, Pastor Mike? <clears throat> there's defensive weapons, and then there are offensive weapons, and then there's a neutral weapon. But the defensive weapons are the breastplate, the shield, and the helmet. When we talk about the helmet today, start on that. See as far as I can get. Then there's the offensive weapons, the shoes, the sword, and the lance. And then the neutral weapon would be the belt of truth. And so, so with the defensive weapons... Uh, these are weapons that protect you, give you confidence and assurance so that you can move forward in your spiritual growth. How many want to move forward in the things of God? I do. And then there are offensive weapons. Uh, these weapons enable you to demonstrate the defeat, that Satan is defeated. And that's why we have those shoes. We talked about that. In the, in, and uh, we'll be talking about the sword in the lance. And then that neutral weapon, I would say, is the belt of truth, the logos, the word of God, the written word of God, and we'll see it when we get to the sword, uh, the difference between the two. And, and so, and so, the, so the, the, the logos gives us balance. Can we say that together? Say the logos brings balance. That's that central piece that, that as we started the series, it holds everything together, that, that loin belt of truth, the word of God. And actually, this armor comes from God, Isaiah 59, 16. 16 and 17 says this. It says, he, which I believe was Jesus, it said, he saw that there was no man and was amazed that there was no one to intercede. And then the verse goes on. He says, his own arm brought salvation. How many of you know that it was Jesus that brought salvation, right? And he says, in his own righteousness sustained him. He put on righteousness as a breastplate. This is in the Old Testament. And then it says, the helmet of salvation on his head. The first person that donned the armor of God was Jesus in the Old Testament. So this armor is for us, men and women. Can I get an amen? And so they come from God, and God wants us to walk in them and to live daily in his presence, not spooky Christianity. A few people say, all right, yeah, because some of you know what I mean by spooky. I grew up in a lot of spooky Christianity. Come on, amen. It gets a little spooky, a little weird. Things people have done for, you know, on the name of Jesus and, 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 and the cause of Christ. And they, would, they just, it was just spooky. It was just crazy. Uh, but, but, you know, most, here's the thing. Let me just say this. Most casual Christians, they, they live lives that are self-absorbed until a crisis comes. Amen. 
So then we call grandpa, we call grandma, we call that best friend that we know. Oh, please, please, you know, pray or please this or please that. Oh, I need, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, we don't think about God. He's not on our radar. We, we know he's out there, you know, and, you know, we said a prayer, you know, 30 years ago or 20 minutes ago, and we're good to go. And so, so they just live self-absorbed lives. And, and uh, you know, here's the thing. Watch this. God will require your faith to grow. He will require, so you may feel like you're skating for a while, getting off for a while, but God will require your faith to grow. And you know, there are times, how many of you ever heard the illustration about going laps in the wilderness? Some of you people who study the Old Testament know what I'm talking about. How many years did, you know, how many know that the journey from the promised land and from Egypt was just a two-week journey, right? It's most, no, yeah, yeah. it's just, it, was, it wasn't really far. Even you look at it in a map, even walking it, all right? But it took them 40 years, 40 years. In this. And the Bible says these things are written for our, our example. They are types. They are shadows in our life. And some of you right now, this morning, you're doing laps in the wilderness. <laughs> I've been here. Yeah, have you ever been like you've driven by a place before and you're in another town and you go, this place looks so familiar. I've done it. Like, and then I'll tell my wife, didn't we come here? She goes, no, honey, you're thinking about something else. Okay. But, but you know, do you, how many of you know what I mean? Like it's, but there's, some, there's, a, there's a moment in time you feel like you're just circling back. <laughs> that's a word that's used a lot. We're circling back. <clears throat> in other words, you're going nowhere. That's what we're, <laughs> I'll get off of that here. Uh, moving right along, moving forward in Jesus' name. But see, God will require us to grow our grow and our, you know, I remember this situation of, that, that of, a, of a, a minister I knew, not in this community, none of you know him, and, and uh, I, I just, he, he worked in ministry, and then, then he got tripped up, and he got in a spirit of offense, got mad at the pastor, and started rallying some people, and it was just a handful of people, nobody really followed him, and then they got all like sheep scattered and the wolves just kind of took them out. It was just a sad situation, but I was able to see this whole thing happen before me. And uh, he said that he worked in a community before he came on the ministry 15 years ago, and he was working in a freezer in a, uh, a big box store. And, and, and he was taken out from down south, and, and, and uh, you know, it was a decade and a half ago. And he, he leaves in that situation. He thought, you know, things, you know, were going to really work for him. And, and they, 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 worked. they did not work out. And he went back to the wilderness. And I found out that years later, he was back at the same big box store, working in the same freezer, which is nothing wrong with that. We need people to do that. Amen. Especially in hot climates, that's nice to be. But, but, but for him and the call and the purpose of God was thwarted because of his offense. Can I get an Amen. And so we will, we, you know, we can thwart that. So we don't want to do that, right? We don't want to be those people, that guy, that gal. We, we don't want that, that enemy with those fiery darts of the enemy come and they launch at us and we want to, we want to resist them. Can I get an amen? And so, so our weaponry, it comes from God. It comes from God. And let me just say this. I know we didn't hit on this last week, but the shield of faith guards our heart. Watch this. And the helmet protects our mind. So there's a heart and mind issue here with this armor. 
And we talked on the shield. We, there's so much more we could have talked on, but, but that shield is to protect us in our hearts. The Bible says, guard your heart. Out of it flows the issues of life. But our minds, today, we have an epidemic of craziness in people's minds. It is insane. I mean, words that, you know, they think, well, it's the food you ate. Well, I was eating that stuff 30 years ago. Why didn't it bother us? Come on. Well, it's the pesticides put in. People going in shooting up McDonald's. No, wait a minute. Something more is going on. Okay, and people are coming unhinged, uh, crazy, and just it's, in many, many situations, it's the only thing you can say it's it's demons that are working. And so, so what comes into someone's mind that makes them do something? They just wake up one day and they decide to do it. No, it's been years of listening to lies. Come on, years of listening to lies and years of listening to demonic music. Come on, foul, demonic stuff that goes in your mind. Constantly, that helm of salvation is nowhere to be found. It's not even on your head. And the enemy comes right in. He's right, he's right there. And it, uh, not everyone that hears things, they say, oh, pastor, if you knew what was going on in my mind, you went. Listen, Jesus was tempted in all points. Just throw that out there. In all points without sin. So the craziest, most insane thing you can think of that ever go in someone's mind, Jesus was tempted that but did not act on that. Amen. And so, so, so that shield, it guards our heart, and the helmet protects our mind. And that's why the Scripture says in Ephesians 6, take up, take the helmet of salvation. So we have to, we have to pick that up. Now, let me just quickly just say something about that, the helmets, just very quickly, as a background, as I want to get into something here this morning. Helmets, they were fascinating pieces of armor. Uh, <clears throat> it was almost more like artwork for the Roman soldiers. They were beautiful, the helmets, and they were highly decorated, and uh, a lot of times they had engravings and etchings on them, and some of them would have farm scenes and animals depicted. I mean, it was just like this real elaborate. Uh, one commentator says this. He says, some of the helmets were fashioned to look like the head of an elephant or a horse or other animals. Some helmets had engravings and etchings with fruit on them. Uh, some helmets were looking like a, like a fruit basket on someone's head. He's like, that's pretty comical. And, but they, they took pride in this and whether they were farmers or what they were produced and in, in, in their background. And, and so here's the thing. This piece of armor was so strong, so massive, and so heavy that nothing could pierce it, not even a hammer or a battle axe. <clears throat> so in other words, it would be hard, now watch this, to walk past one of these soldiers without noticing the helmet. I mean, you don't notice the belt. And we're like, oh, that's it. Unless you're from Texas, you get big buck. Yeah, come on. Or maybe Louisiana. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble here. But, you know, and there's nothing wrong with those. But, you know, <laughs> okay. Um, hallelujah. Uh, but, 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 see, I lose my train of thought if I get off and forgive me, Lord. <clears throat> but, 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 but the, it was something uh, that the helmet, now watch this, it made them noticeable. Something about the, something unique to that soldier. So here's the thing: Why would the Holy Spirit take this piece of weaponry and then compare it to salvation? Why would He do something like that? Well, I think we could say it this way: That your salvation, salvation that was purchased through Christ, is the most gorgeous, most elaborate, most ornate gift God has ever given you. Can you say Amen? Isn't that true? I mean, if you think about it, when all hell's breaking loose, 
and you feel in your life, and nothing is good. Everywhere you look, it's dark. It's dark. You're like, you know, the hole gets, gets darker. You're going down. You're going down and everything. But you know what? You're born again. You have eternal life. Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. There's going to be a day all my tears will be wiped away, and I'll never cry again. I'll I'll never be sad again. I'll never be sorrowful. See, the friends and family that you know that knew the Lord, that moved on, that are in heaven right now, they are not sad one bit. They are sad for you because you're still down here. See, but all we know is this down here. Oh, that was a fun day. Woo, we rode a roller coaster. Give me a break. Come on, somebody, amen. They are joyful. They are happy, even young little ones. There is no tears in their eyes. They're full of joy. They're full of excitement. They're around the king and his majesty, and, and they're living life. They say people that have been, you know, died and, 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 and they have told stories and they've come back. They've written books about this. And there's many, many, you know, it's not in the Bible, but you have stories of situations of people that, that they talk about. They say how heaven, one of the things that's the most beautiful that they couldn't get out of their mind is the color and enhancement and the beauty. We look at stuff today and we go, that's so picturesque. It's nothing. It's compared. And it isn't like that everything is just floaty and cloudy. It's like a real place. Like, like it's real. There's this, it's, it's, it's a real place, but it's so much better. It's so much better. You know, I like to tinker and I'm getting, I'm diverting here, but I like to tinker and I have tools and I spent a little bit of money for those tools, but you know, they're needful tools. Come on, man. And, and you know, like just construction, you got to have that. If a guy doesn't have the right tool, come on, men. You know, it takes a lot longer. It's a lot longer to get the job done without the right tool. Boy, you should have shouted amen, man. <clears throat> but, you know, I thought if you get to heaven and there's no solid, come on. You know, no, this, you can still be, I think there's whole planets where you can work on cars. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm like, why would I want to do that, you know? Take it to the, just the tinkering. I think anything at all that's godly and righteous that, you know, give you pleasure on earth is a hundred times better in heaven thousand times, millions of times better in heaven. And so you're going to be walking around there. You're like, you can't see. It's all cloudy. and It's beautiful. How many with me say amen? There I go. I diverted. <clears throat> it's the most gorgeous gift, salvation. It's it, 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 where they walked around. Everyone noticed their gift. It was very noticeable. And so here's the thing. Um, <clears throat> Paul is telling us that something very important. Watch this, when a believer is confident in their salvation and when he or she is walking in that powerful reality of all that salvation means for them, they are noticeable people. You are noticeable. You may not think so, but you are noticeable. You are noticeable. The natural byproduct of your salvation is that others will see Christ in you. You know, I've had opportunity, and how many of you have been to family reunions? You know, or some of you go to the high school one, and, you know, it, the ones, if you go to that are 25 and 30 years later, you go, who is this guy? You know, like, what, what happened to him? You know, or what happened to her? Or what, you know, you, you really see how people progress in life. Can I get an amen? And so some of that is good and some of that is, well, it's just different. You know, it's changed. And, and you know, we had opportunity in the past and went to family reunions. And I remember just one not, a couple of years ago and every, my wife and I were there and, 
there, was some, there was some family issues that had health and some, some relatives and wonderful pe- people. So there was some heaviness, but everyone kept coming up and saying to us, you know, wow, you guys look so good. I'm like, what, what, did, what did I address? I don't, I just, and they kept saying, I, finally I stopped. I said, why do you people keep saying that? Well, we don't know, but they just, you just, you just look good. I thought, you know what? It's the glory of God. Just the glory of God. You know, you, you look around and you see death, destruction, and, and then you see someone that's following Jesus, not perfect, but just following Jesus. You know what? That's noticeable. I said, that's noticeable. And so the question this morning is, is your faith noticeable? Hmm. Is there something different about your life? I'm not just talking physically. I'm, just, I'm talking spiritually that, that, that people notice something different about you. How many with me say amen? So very quickly, the words uh, in helmet, actually two Greek words, means around the head. It means a piece of armor that fits tightly around the head, tightly around the head. Now, why did the Roman soldiers need a helmet? So that's just the Captain Obvious statement right there. Uh, there's a funny comedian. He's a, he's a black Christian comedian, Broderick Rice. He's hilarious. He knows how to impersonate all the national preachers. This guy is hysterical. His father was a preacher. He grew up around preachers. And, and so when I make a statement like that, why did the soldier need a helmet? Most of you are like, duh. <clears throat> you know what I mean? I mean, it would be death to go into battle without a helmet. But uh, I think about this preacher, and he tells a story about how sometimes the preachers can be uh, they call themselves prophetic, but uh, they're just really pathetic. And um, they walk around and, you know, they'll all of a sudden, mm, grab their stomach, you know, and mm, I feel, I feel uh, this just came in my spirit, you know, and he just elaborates and goes on. It's just hysterical. And he'll throw something out like, you know, God said it's Sunday today, but I got a word for you tomorrow. Tomorrow is Monday. Like, hello, tell me something different, you know? Tell me, I already know that. So, so I feel like that here this morning when I say, why does the Roman soldier need a helmet? Hello, Captain Obvious, don't you know why? How many with me say amen? Because why? The helmet, if you did not go into battle without that strong helmet, you're surely gonna die because they would notice that right away and go, he's an easy target. She's an easy target. We don't wanna come up against the enemy without our helmet of salvation on. There's all this paranormal, weird stuff going on. People dabbling in the cult. They got shows on about ghosts and all this and what. They're seeking the supernatural. But you know, there's a story in the Bible about the seven sons of Sceva. Come on, some of you, it's in the book of Acts. And these guys saw what Jesus was doing and they saw what Paul was doing, having authority over the enemy because he had a helmet of salvation on. They thought, well, we can do that too. They tried it. And this one demon and this one person jumped up on these seven men, beat them so badly, and stripped them naked, and they ran out of the house. And the demon said this, said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I'm aware of, but who are you? Who are you? And we are nobody without Christ. Come on, amen? We are nobody without Christ. But thank God for salvation. It was a beautiful piece of weaponry, that helmet that helmet over our head, and you wear it tightly, wear it tightly. So Satan, here's the thing. 
Uh, he's going to come. He's going to attack. He's relentless at his attack. He comes to whack away at our foundation. Amen. Our, that helmet of salvation, though, when it's securely fixed, we understand, you know, what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a believer. It doesn't mean you have to memorize the Bible, but you know what it means. You have that assurance of salvation. But he comes, he comes to, he comes to chop away. He comes to chop away of all the benefits that God has for us and the blessings. And he wants to chop that right out of your theology. He wants to chop everything away. So how is the enemy going to attack you? How is he going to wage warfare, warfare against you? How is he going to try to do you in? Well, uh, and, and this is going to be part two here in a few weeks, but the enemy comes, the devil comes to attack your mind. How many with me say amen? Your mind. The mind it is the control center of your life. He knows, now watch this, because he was defeated legally at the cross, he's not just gonna show up, grab you, hogtie you, and make you do something. The only way the enemy, watch this, can get through to you is through the mind. Thoughts, I'm ugly. Why did God make me this way? I'm useless. Why should I wait to be married to have sex? You know what? If I'm just, you know, nothing, good for nothing, why don't I just go out there and part? Come on, somebody. You know what? My dad was an alcoholic. You know what? Alcohol's always been a stronghold in my family, whatever. I'm just always going to be addicted to alcohol. Or, you know, my dad was a promiscuous man. You know what? I just can't seem to fight that. And it just is, it is what it is. The devil made me do it. And come on, somebody. Are you here this morning? This is how he attacks through the mind. It's all in the mind. And so here's the thing. Our helmet can protect us and keep us from this and, keeps us, and keep us focused where it needs to be. And where does it need to be? The end of the race. How many know there's a race we're in? <laughs> Amen? There's a race that we're in. And so, so the fact that Paul likens our salvation to a helmet means that we must know our salvation inside and out. We need to understand it. That means what? We need to spend time, once again, in the Word of God. Can I get an amen? What does the Bible have to say about strongholds? What does the Bible have to say about evil forces? What does the Bible have to say about our righteousness, prosperity? What does the Bible have to say about healing? Come on. You know, so we have to understand, study redemption, study these things. Don't just have the only instruction you get shouldn't be just here each week. Amen? Should be more. Should be feeding yourself each week. The Bible says in Romans 10, 11, anyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. Shame means to disgrace, to frustrate, to dishonor. So that means what? We need to have more than just a casual attitude towards our faith. Isn't that right? More than just a casual attitude. I just threw it there just for you to wake people up. Your faith is not just fire insurance. Amen? Well, I'm good to go. Got it covered. Go live my life now. It's not just fire insurance. It's not just get out of hell card. There's something more with your faith here on earth. How many know that when we leave the kingdom of darkness, we leave one master, Satan, and we move to another master, Christ? Amen? And so, so, so when we put that helmet on, it becomes a helmet. It becomes a helmet. What are you trying to say, Pastor Mike? Almost done here. About the helmet of faith, the helmet of salvation. Correct knowledge of salvation. Praise God. Are we good? All right. <clears throat> Stand with me if you would, please. 
What am I trying to say here? I'm going to conclude with this verse here in Ephesians. Excuse me, in Hebrews. <clears throat> your helmet gives you hope, future. It protects your vision. It protects your eyes. The helmet. Watch this, Hebrews 12, 2. says this, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of faith, the first incentive for our belief, the one who brings our faith to maturity. So there is a, watch this, there's a looking away from distractions that we said earlier, and then there's a, a looking unto Jesus. A looking unto Jesus. What do you mean, Pastor Mike? Some of you have taken that helmet off. It, didn't, it doesn't mean that you've lost your salvation. It's just, you've, just you don't, you're not careful and conscious about keeping that helmet on. And your mind is being attacked. It's open season on your mind. I said it's open season on your mind. And we're going to get into winning the battle of the mind. And that's, we're going to talk about that in weeks to come. But in Ephesians, Ephesians 4.18, if I can pull this up, it's my last verse here. Ephesians 4.18, it says, Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives. Why? Because they have closed their, closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. There's the shield. There's the helmet right there. Every head bowed, please, this morning. Winning this battle of the mind. When we understand what it means to be a believer, it's not just head knowledge. It's heart knowledge in head knowledge. We understand what Christ did for us. That puts a helmet on our heads. That protects us. But we have a job and a work to do to take charge of our thoughts. To take charge of our thoughts. And some of you, you let the enemy run wild with your thoughts. And you know what? You're angry well, my dad this, my so-and-so that, I didn't get this, I didn't get that. You're bitter and you're mine and you wonder, well, what is going on? Your heart rate is up because you're, you're harboring things in your spirit man or your spirit woman and you're not protecting your helmet. You're not guarding your thoughts. And what happens, we wander away from the truth and the life of God. That vine, we wander away. You're here this morning. You say, Pastor, I've, I've fallen away. I, I really haven't even, I've haven't even made that step to put salvation on as a helmet. I'm talking to you this morning. To those of you that you may believe in God, but you don't have that assurance of salvation. I want to pray for you right now. Those of you watching online, say, that's me, Pastor. I don't have that. I, or I may have walked an aisle down or raised a hand or filled out a card years ago, but there's, I have no confidence in, in assurance in my salvation. That's what I'm speaking to in this moment. That can change right now in this moment. The Bible says that now is the time. Today is the day for salvation of the helmet. Today is the day that you could be clothed with that helmet. So, Pastor, what do I need to do? The Bible says repent and believe the good news. You're here this morning. You've never really actually done that. You've never opened your mouth. You've never really made that step. Just ask to invite Christ into your life. I would like us to pray corporately. The majority of us that are praying are praying just in unison, just as a declaration. But for those of you that have never done this, this prayer is for you here this morning. If that's you, let's join in unison. Say this to me. Say, Jesus, I believe 
you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Forgive me of my sin. Thank you for saving me. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, that is the first step. You have been clothed with that helmet of salvation. You have a beautiful helmet, something unique that God has placed upon your head to protect you from the wiles of the devil, from, to protect your mind. So now starts the beginning of how do we win that battle? How do we overcome? How do we use God's word to protect our minds? Amen.